Yes, my fellow friends, it is that time. And soon we will be kicking off Bat Month. But before we get into Bat Month, a.k.a. June, we've decided to look at the 1966 film Batman the Movie. And I have a rogues gallery of crew members tonight in the spoiler room to help me talk about this film. First off, we have from Parts Unknown, it is Cole Meredith. Hello, Cole. Good evening, my friends. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Meanwhile, in the farther reaches of Stevens Point, we have the one and only diva of the spoiler room, Dawn. Hello, Dawn. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to have you. And from the bowels of the Fox Valley area, calling from secret location number 254, it is Jason Zulliger. He's back with us. Hello, Jason. Holy bat month, bat mark. I'm so excited to be here. It's a good thing I took my fat anti-nausea pill before the show or I'd I'd be puking all over the place. I'm so excited. Great to have you. And yes, Bat fans, we are looking at 1966's Batman the Movie. Quick! Everyone! Flee for your lives! Emergency. Batman speaking. Warning all of you to brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Tell them, Robin. Holy superlatives, Batman! It's really exciting. Soon, very soon, Batman and I will be batapulting right out of your TV sets and onto your theater screens. That's right, Robin. Our first full-length motion picture feature in color opens a whole new world of thrills. The big screen gives us more space on land, sea, and in the air to challenge the most Bataclysmic collection of super criminals ever. Their minimum objective must be the entire world. And here are the dastardly villains the Catwoman. Oh, you're going to see the perfect crime when I get Batman in my claws. The Joker. Have you heard this one? It'll kill you, Batman. <laughs> The penguin. There are two eggs this wily bird is going to scramble. Batman and Robin. (laughs) The Riddler. Question. Who's going to make the feathers fly and knock Batman and Robin out of the sky? See, the new weapons in the bat arsenal combat the forces of evil. The Batcopter. The exploding man-eating shark. Sardine. The relentless Megaton Magnet. The unholy quartet secret submarine. Fire one! Fire one! The Batboat in action. The Deadly Disintegrator. The attack on the Batcave. Holy hallucination! You'll blast through the skies on these mad, manned missiles. And you'll be with me, Robin, at the Bat Scanner, eavesdropping on Batman's romance. 
and you'll shudder at the death-dealing Polaris missiles. Brace yourself, Robin. This could be the end. And that's just a sample of the exciting exploits ahead in our first feature motion picture. Holy memoranda, folks. Make a note not to miss it. Good thinking, Robin. Yes, everyone, I've decided to give a little preamble to uh, Batman, also because uh, this is a film that is a favorite of one of our crew members who happens to be on the crew tonight. And uh, I wanted an excuse to revisit it as well, though I don't really need an excuse to watch a Batman film. I decided, hey, why not start with the 1966 Batman, the movie, which is based off of the TV series. Here we have the dynamic duo who face off against not one, not two, but four supervillains who plan to hold the whole world at ransom with the help of a secret invention that instantly dehydrates people. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Ah, I remember watching this film when I was a kid uh, in reruns because uh, they actually broke it. Once the film was out, they actually had it as episodes for a while on the TV show as well. And uh, we'll get into that as well as how they, they charged, uh, how they uh, shot this film, I think was on purpose, but we'll get everybody's initial reactions to this film. And first off, Cole, we'll start with you, Batman, the movie 1966, your initial thoughts with this film. It's bananas, man. <laughs> it's completely bananas. I had a really, really good time watching it. I actually just finished it with um, my family, uh, and they, 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 they weren't too impressed. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Especially our, our little one, who actually, you know, he, he, he loves Batman and Robin. I think that's his favorite one. But he was just like... I'll never forget the one part where they first invent like the dehydration machine and they're, they're, they're dehydrating those five goons. And he, he looks at me and he goes, I know how they did it. They just cut the camera and then put little piles of cat litter there. And uh, I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds accurate. But no, I, I had a, I had a really good time watching it. It's very funny to me. Uh, I love seeing the four villains. I love all four of those villains just running around that, submarine just overacting their asses off uh each trying to one-up each other with uh, a signature laugh and uh burgess meredith or or meredith depending on who you ask uh, as great as the penguin his laugh makes me laugh every time he does it and um you know i i I had a great time with it uh the romance stuff with the really cheesy sacks and uh that that stuff is great i mean that's my favorite part of part of the portion of the movie maybe is uh his his little uh romance with miss kitka about halfway through the film and uh adam west's performance there is uh awesome Yes. Yeah, I had, a, I had a great time. I hadn't seen this since I can't remember when, maybe like 15 or 20 years, something. So really? Wow. Yeah, it, it had been a while. I mean, I I was always a fan of the, the TV show, you know, ever mm-hmm. since I was a little kid. It's what got me into the comics. But I don't know. I didn't have access to this movie as much. I think I saw it once uh, as a teen, as a young teenager and then once in my mid 20s or something. And, and um, uh, just tonight. So it, I, it brought it made me smile, and I, you know, like I said, I really love the four villains just kind of running around in circles. 
Um, just, <laughs> just overacting their asses. It looks like the veins in their heads are about to just pop in any given take. It's great. Oh, they they were having a lot of fun with this movie, uh, and, they, and the TV show I think they did as well. Now, uh, Jason, you mentioned to me this was your first time viewing this film, like ever, wasn't it? Yes, it was, and and I actually don't have a lot of familiarity with the uh, the Adam West Batman TV show. For me, um, you know, Cole, you said the the movie brought you into the comics. For me, it was kind of the opposite. And, you know, when I, obviously I knew about the show, it was, you know, pop culture osmosis, you just kind of, you know, about the show and I, I'd seen stuff, but I don't know that I ever watched it because for me, it was, in, at least in my mind when I was smaller, when I was younger, was it was making fun of something that I really, you know, mm-hmm. thought was cool and liked and, and I didn't really like that. Um, now, obviously I'm older and wiser and can <laughs> appreciate the camp and the humor and, and what it's trying to do. And uh, so I enjoyed it very much. The, uh, you know, the 10 year old me or the 15 year old me probably wouldn't have liked it, but, uh, but I enjoyed it a lot. Well, when you're that younger, uh, when you're younger like that, you, you don't realize the tongue is firmly planted in the cheek with the not only the movie but the TV series as well. This is, you know, well, it, it's meant to be like that, you know. <laughs> and, mean, and it's and it's a yeah. matter of, of of how you approach the movie and the perspective. It's like okay, the the perspective that I have now is it's a comedy that happens to have Batman and Robin in in it, right? You know, as opposed to a Batman movie that's you know trying to be funny or or whatever. Um, so when, when I approach it that way, um, I can enjoy it much like, you know, I would enjoy Spaceballs, you know, in comparison to Star Wars or, you know, something like that. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's good. (laughs) It it is. And I, I just love the cast that's in this film and, and not only this cast, but you know, it's based off the TV show, which got so popular that you had all these big named actors who wanted to be on this show, which if you look at it now going, really Vincent price, but you know, he, he, he was on the TV show as professor egghead and oh, such a great villain. But these four were the, are the iconic ones, not only in the series, but in the TV show as well. And uh, the, I'm going to finally here ask, uh, the one and only Dawn, because she is the one that I know who is a huge fan of Mr. Adam West and his Batman. Dawn, when you first watched this film, how would you feel about it? This Adam West is the only Batman. This is <laughs> my Batman. <laughs> yeah, I grew up on this. Mm-hmm. I, never, well, you know, as much as I liked the reincarnation of Batman starting in 89, that was a little darker Batman, which I liked. And then from Michael Keaton, it went on. And then when uh, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan uh, reinvented it with, um, reinvented it for the dark Knight. Mm -hmm. that got way too dark. Mm -hmm. Um, The Batman I grew up with was this light, innocent, playful, idealistic, um, 
naive hero that the people's hero, everybody was just so happy when he came around. He worked with the police. He was an advocate. I mean, he was a Boy Scout. Um, Horn dog Boy Scout. Everything was light and playful. Horn dog Boy Scout, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was Boy Scout mom. I know exactly how they are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Adam West, he's always been the hero. I mean, always. You know, eventually he went on to be the big kahuna too. Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, uh, Adam West, is, he definitely put his own signature on this character. And he was based a, a, a bit more off of the lighter uh, Batman comics. Now, I'm not nearly as versed in the comics. For me, when I got in the comics was uh, for Batman, basically was just before or around the time Burton's Batman, which we will be talking about next week, uh, Burton's Batman. And so for me, I liked the darker characters. So when I was a kid, I really liked the cheesy Batman. And then I got older I was like, eh, yeah, I was kind of like, you know, Jason was saying with his younger self probably wouldn't liked it too much because it felt like it was making fun. Now, being older and wiser, I have appreciation against for this film even more than what I did when I was young. Um, and it, it's funny because every character in here gets a moment to really shine in this movie. Uh, you know, it, it, we actually don't get... Jason, did it surprise to you that we don't really get to the meat of the plot of this movie till like an over an hour into the film? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it took a little bit to get to get there, but you know, and it felt a lot like a maybe like a padded TV episode, but mm -hmm. but that was okay because you know the stuff they were doing was funny, and you know, so I guess I didn't, I wasn't. Honest, honestly, I didn't really care what the plot was because I knew it was going to be ridiculous. Sure. So you just don't, you know, I I didn't even think about it too much. It was like, as long as I was laughing and enjoying it, you know, I was, mm -hmm. which I was, um, you know, it was, uh, I, I didn't really pay all that much attention to the plot. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I didn't really care. And then it's finally when they started getting into the villain's master plan an hour after the film started. I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, that's one. <laughs> cool, how about you? How'd you feel about it? Not really getting to the master plan until like an hour, a little over an hour into the show, into the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, it, it took a while. But, you know, I, I really don't – I, I – intricate plot details and like the master plan is all just kind of uh secondary um and not to talk about the 89 film at all but i i just i remember uh preparing for karate class one night and some guys next to me talking about how the, the movie didn't have a plot and i thought well jesus i guess if you think about it like that you know in terms of a to b to c um i don't know i just i always know when i sit down to watch these movies that at some point there's going to be some completely ridiculous plan that I'm not going to want to pay a whole lot of attention to or the whole thing will fall apart. You know, I, I'm just glad that they gave the villains a chance to just really ham it up and, and go hog wild. I, I would like, you know, I like when there's more there as a, in terms of villains, you know, I, I don't like when villains are kind of in the background and um, don't have a whole lot to do. I, I just, I love the scenes of these guys just 
going crazy on each other, delivering this ridiculous dialogue and these ridiculous costumes and just all this really going for it, you know? Um, but yeah, their master plan and the, the, the meat of the plot, I mean, they're really out of a plot. It's like <laughs> some really, a bunch of really ridiculous, uh, corny action set pieces, uh, kind of padded by a, a romance and some weird, uh, comedic political statements, especially, <laughs> especially at the end there, how they leave the world leaders just like ranting in each other's faces, um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's a slow going. I mean, in terms of even in terms of action, you know, it's if it's it would be ridiculous to complain about this movie. Either you have a good time with it or you don't. But it could have used a little bit more ass kicking right up front. I think um, you don't you don't think him taking on the shark was. It- <laughs> I, I can I enjoy that sequence. It like just it's probably the best thing next to the zombie sequence. You know where the zombie fights the shark. I was I thought that was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a weird way to open the movie and uh, 15 minutes of battling and he's finally like, hey, Robin, why don't you uh, toss me down the shark repellent? You might have wanted to ask for that right away. <laughs> Make the sure bat. it's the shark and not the barracuda or the whale or the manta ray spray. <laughs> Pick the right one. <laughs> you made sure to grab the right one. I love the, I forgot how many different sprays they had in the, the, the bat copter. Which, uh, you know, as goofy as it is, though, I would say, and Don, you were really familiar with the uh, TV series as well, and and I am as well. And I thought, though, this was a good way to kind of introduce you to the world you're about to play in if you haven't watched the TV show. Wouldn't you say this was a good setup with the Batcopter and the shark and and the different gadgets named Bat in front of them? Absolutely. I thought I, in and like uh, Jason and to an extent Cole both mentioned, it did feel like an extended or first, it, it, an extended episode. And that whole first hour is really kind of acclimating you to that world and the preposterousness of it and the extremely questionable logic or lack <laughs> thereof. Um, and it, which was actually pretty good because by the time you get, if you had just jumped in the plot, you would have kind of yeah. not really, it wouldn't have been nearly as funny if you hadn't had a little bit to acclimate yourself to the characters and just appreciate the caliber of the characters. Yeah, the 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 these ca- characters, I think Jason mentioned it as well as, as Cole one of the things that actually I find lacking in many of the modern superhero films, even the good ones, are your villains are, are always seem to be a bit secondary. But in here, your villains almost take uh, overshadow Batman. Wouldn't you say, Jason, that that your villains here, uh, as great as Adam West and and Burt Ward are as Batman and Robin, would you say almost? Uh, that the uh, the villains kind of outshine them. Well, they yeah they certainly have a a lot more screen time than in a traditional you know superhero movie. And yeah, like Cole was saying, you know they it, they just um, it's great that the movie does that because because the four of them are so good in, in those roles, so they can just you know chew up the scenery and just and yeah, spout that ridiculous dialogue and and just go on and on and it's and it's 
extremely entertaining. And yeah, I think it was a it was a great choice. And I don't know if the TV shows like that where they spend a lot of time with the villains. But uh, yeah, I was happy to happy to see that in this movie. There's, if I remember correctly from the TV show, there is a large balance, or it does kind of lean usually to the villain because your villain was usually the guest star. So mm-hmm. it was a bigger named person than Adam West and Burt Ward were at the time. So it, it it usually kind of leaned more towards the villain because it was the bigger name they got for the show. <laughs> I mean, these four, though, are, are the iconic uh, characters. Now, me personally, I'm just going to put a side note in saying I really liked uh, Eartha Kitt as Catwoman. Okay, uh, I but Lee Merriweather as Catwoman and Cesar Romero as the Joker, Burgess Meredith as the Penguin, and Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. These four, I could, the movie could have just been them. And (laughs) the way they get into these characters, Cole, does does it surprise you? You've got these really well-versed, very talented actors getting into these parts so well that you forget that they are not the Joker, the Catwoman, the Penguin, and the Riddler. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, both both Don and, and Jason touched on it, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fantastic. They're, they're given the room to go for it. Um, what you guys were mentioning earlier with, um, you know, how, how the villains are in the film more, mm-hmm. that seems to be a complaint with, not a complaint, just a note that fans have about every single Batman movie. I mean, we heard that with Nicholson. Then we really heard it when Batman Returns came out. You know, geez, Batman isn't in the movie that much. And then, of course, with Nolan's films, I mean, you really started to hear it from the fans. Like, this isn't even, by the time The Dark Knight Rises came out, everybody's like, well, Batman isn't even in it. And I wonder if all of these filmmakers just haven't realized somewhere deep down that, Geez, you know, if it, if we make it Batman's movie, it might not be as strong. I mean, maybe not that there's only so much you can do with the character, but maybe there's only so much you can do with the character in one movie, and then you have to leave room for the next episode. I mean, you can't fire on all cylinders if you want a franchise with a guy in a bat suit who you know mumbles a lot. Whereas you get these crazy villains. I mean, they can do just about anything. You know, because they're evil and, and wackadoodle and they don't have any moral guidelines, so they can just do the most interesting stuff. You know, I think that's where all of the Batman movies succeed, really, is is in their villains. I, 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 you know, I guess with the exception of Batman Begins, which didn't do much of the Scarecrow, I would say all of the Batman movies, whether they succeed, I mean, there were some great ones, there were some not so great ones, but... I think all of them had at least one really memorable villain. And, and this movie, I think, you know, I told Sandy as soon as the credits rolled, I, I was like, I want the Blu-ray if it's out there. It is. <laughs> it, it's still out there. I've got the Blu-ray. So um. she just kind of rolled her eyes and she's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these four villains, the way, the way they are Don, wouldn't you say as well that even in the, in the show, it always, it, Batman, Cole points out a good point that it usually it seems to be more about the villains. Is that because Batman really isn't maybe as deep of a character as as we sometimes think? It, it's definitely possible, but Batman relies, I guess, on his villains to learn and grow. 
Mm-hmm. And ah, his whole yeah. backstory is based on the tragedies he's faced because of the villains. So they're an in- integral part of his origin and every aspect of why Batman is Batman. Um, mm-hmm. One other note, um, you had mentioned Eartha Kitt as Catwoman, who's absolutely fantastic, but my favorite Catwoman is still Julie Newmar. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's surprising they didn't actually have her for this one but she was actually already tapped out to play in another movie and uh, oh, really? oh, yeah wow. yeah because she's the iconic one for a lot of people was julie newmar's Catwoman, um but all three uh actresses are fantastic in the role and it, it is kind of even though they bring their own little spin they they all play it very similar lee merriweather just plays this character up so well <laughs> I, yowling she did the the <laughs> the yowling and the the purring and <laughs> light is even though you have you know the joker and penguin and, and the riddler is really outgoing crazy folks but she's got a little she i love how lee plays it because she's got a little bit of her own little dark crazy side to her cat woman which uh i i forgot about because you know like when they're they're uh, fighting or whatever, she's kind of clawing at the air a little bit and has this wild yeah. look at her face, like she she really wants to scratch someone bad. <laughs> Jason, what'd you think of uh, Lee Merriweather's Catwoman in here? I could have watched two hours of her as Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, what was it? Well, about? And I don't. I don't have the. Well, I, I don't have the, the bias or the, you know, the sure. preference to Julie Newmar or the kit because I, you know, I haven't seen much of at all of, of the show. So for me, um, ah, she just, I don't know, she was sexy and, and even just, you're watching her kind of in the background sometime doing, and just the way she moved was like, she was, uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> she wasn't bad with that Russian accent either. Yeah, right, right. So no, I I, I thought she was great and uh really enjoyed her as Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah, she really had the purring dominatrix down. Yeah. <laughs> For as much as you could do on TV at nineteen sixty six. Um right. right. Which they did get kind of away with here. I mean, Adam West was, he he snuck some lines in here, and the way he delivered them, Don, uh, <laughs> there was a little bit of a double entendre in there, wasn't it? Little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I was I was being I was being uh, trying to be subtle. Yeah, there's a lot, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is a lot. <laughs> and again, uh, for a more naive time, that's yeah. how they had to get it in. Yeah. Well, I mean, he at some points he was almost. We got a train going on. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell. There's never a train in this type of day. Do you want, do you want to give me five seconds? No, it's okay. It's so no, crazy. No, I can close. I can close the window just no, right it, now. It's all right. The train passes. We'll be all right, Cole. I just found it funny. I'm like, wow, it's a train. It's a, dude. There's nothing. It's surrealistic, to be honest, but I am in the city now, you know, weird. Yeah, that's true. But Adam, Adam West, the way he, he played that, it, it, 
borderline lecherous, would you say, Don, at points? You know, I don't think he crosses over quite into lecherous, but he does he does toe the line at creepy. Yeah. <laughs> he toes that line. I don't think he crosses quite over into lech, but he does come close. Uh, the, the way he says international relations <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the scenes with Kitka are are just I'm like watching it going, "Wow, I didn't pick up on this when I was younger, but now I'm watching this going, "Holy crap." <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're they're really getting they're really sneaking in a lot of stuff in here. <laughs> So, yeah, the Catwoman is awesome in here. I mean, all these villains are, uh, you know, Cesar Romero as the Joker. Um, you, you can they just see- put that white makeup right over his stash. Right over the mustache. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to shave, Cesar. We'll just put it right <laughs> over your stash. <laughs> I thought that was kind of fitting, though, but it, it, really, it really kind of is. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really is. I, it is totally. It just struck me as funny. I'm not sure why. It just, um, yeah, I just, mean, in the old days, you couldn't even really see it. You know, I'm in like the theater back in '66. I'm sure it didn't pop out as much as it does in HD on you know Netflix right now. Well, they pretty much have the same production value, which surprises me in this film as they do on the TV show. The TV show actually had a high production value, all things considering. Um, so this looked a lot, you know, that qu- same quality, but as far as his makeup and his outfits go, I thought they, he really captured that old school Joker spirit. Um, you know, and it, it, it's, it relates a little to, uh, you can see where this influence comes in later on in, uh, the film we'll talk about next week, but he really, put his own signature on the Joker character, but I think also he may have affected how they wrote that character after uh, he portrayed it. Jason, would you say that maybe Cesar Romero's portrayal of the Joker may have had an effect on the way the Joker was written afterwards? I I think probably, I I think that happens a lot. You know, you, Mm -hmm. you start out with, you know, some ideas and, and a really good um, actor is going to take those and, and make, make it his own and i think the writers will respond to that absolutely yeah because i i've always loved caesar romero's joker uh in any iteration either in the movie or the tv show he he really makes it a fun character but don he does have a little bit of a dark side in him as well even though i mean this is a campy 66 he does play it a little dark occasionally doesn't he 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 does. He's a definitely a little more. He's definitely a little more violent mm-hmm. than the other um, villains, which is is really kind of uh, it's it's really kind of good because I think the balance between especially the way the actors all played their balance. He kind of they kind of held him back from going all hog wild mm-hmm. um, with his darkness and kept it kind of. Uh, significantly lighter. Right. Yeah. I, I think so too. I think all four of these have similar characteristics, but they're not the same, which is, which is great, which I, which I loved. Uh, Cole, how about you with Cesar Romero's Joker? I'm a massive, massive fan. Always have, have been before um, the 89 movie even came out. I had a big, I still have the pin. It's like a big fat pin with, with hit with him on it. Um, 
you know, just, just grinning his ass off. Uh, very, very loyal translation to the comics, despite whatever tone they, they decided to go with on the show itself. Um, you know, very mm-hmm. much uh, what is in a lot of the comics that I personally have anyway. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, as a kid, I was, a you know, well, Bat, the, the Burton's movie came out in like 89. I would have been like 10. But even by that point, I was pretty ex- pretty experienced movie watcher for that age. And, you know, I thought, no way Nicholson is going to, I knew who Nicholson was, knew his work. I'm like, no way is he going to outdo you know, yeah, uh, Caesar. No way. Um, you know, and I like what he did, but Caesar's got a special place in mm-hmm. in my heart. I really like his portrayal. You can just tell, you know, in in a different production with a different director and some some different uh, different people around him pulling the strings. I think he could have delivered uh, a pretty terrifying performance. You know. Well, yeah, I think so too. I I think his Joker, you could lift his Joker character out and put it in any of the other Batman films that have had the Joker in it. And with just a slight twist of a change, not much, he would fit right in. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. like that's how well Caesar played the character. But Ollie, you know, Ollie Bridges Meredith is the penguin, Dawn. The way he talks with that, I mean, when I read the comic, I heard Burgess Meredith talk. <laughs> yep. How about you with Burgess and his penguin portrayal? Oh, absolutely. Um, mm. Like, like I said, this this is my Batman. So <laughs> they they all set the bar for sure. all of these characters. So um, Burgess Meredith, I mean, that was one of my first, one of my, one of my first experiences with Burgess Meredith was watching this, sure. um, on the TV show. So, um, you know, trans transferring his acting from this to other things like Clash of the Titans or the Rocky movies, um, you still saw him as the penguin. Yeah, I still saw him as the penguin. <laughs> not going to lie, but not in a bad way. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's because he's got that distinct voice. I mean, yep. and, and that voice, that was my first introduction to Burgess Meredith was as the Penguin. I wasn't versed in, you know, class, classic films at that time because I was a kid when I watched it. And I loved his Penguin, but that voice, I ever, I always associated it with the penguin uh jason and that laugh and the laugh oh my god oh my god it's like wow that's just awesome i could watch him do that all day (laughs) jason how'd you feel about the penguin in this and and burgess's uh character you think it was pretty uh true yeah well i i I did i mean i i did like the way he played i mean he's a he's a great actor and and Mm -hmm. him just hamming it up and and absolutely you know, getting into that character a hundred percent. And it was, uh, it was really cool. And, and then, and even just a little bit, just cause I noted it when I was in my notes, um, the, the, the bits of, of humanity they throw in there too. So when they're sweeping up the Guinea pigs and he says, careful, careful, every one of them has a mother. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's talking about, you know, and it's, yep. I just thought that was a cool, a cool little thing to put in there. And, and, uh, anyway yeah yeah it was his there's so much even though they're all four crazy in their own way i just love the distinction between each of these characters to where they never felt like 
they felt similar, but they never felt like they were replicating. They they were definitely their own character, which, you know, when you get a group of anything, either superheroes or villains like this, they can start to feel the same a little bit. But in here, yeah, they, they always kept their own identity. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, how about the, the bookshelves? Everybody oh. had their own set of bookshelves. Oh, yeah. So really to really give them a space and to really show, okay, the Riddler has a bookshelf of books and you're supposed to be thinking of his brains and how intelligent mm -hmm. he is. And uh, the Joker had all of his gadgets and whatnot. Yes. And he's kind of the inventor and the clever one, quick-witted, um, kind of physical. And then the Penguin, I, he had a fish. <laughs> It was it was penguin food, right? Or didn't it? Wasn't it yeah, labeled? Yeah, the label penguin said the, the, the label said penguin food. Yes. So, so what 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 is up in this world that everything is labeled? Like everything <laughs> is labeled. My it's theory like, is oh, that. Oh shit! I wouldn't have known that was the bat ladder if it didn't have <laughs> bat ladder on it. Yeah, I I I've decided that every single person in that universe has OCD. <laughs> 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 I think it's a requirement for living in that universe. <laughs> at, least, at least Batman has it because the Batcave has everything that's oh, bad. Oh. <laughs> the bat changing, the, the, the bat uniform changing lever, whatever it was called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the bat retinal scanner analysis machine and, and the everything had bat in front of oh. it. I love that. Oh, I, I, I kind of speaking of that, everything labeled in the Batcave. One of the, the quotes I wrote down was uh, uh, the penguins asking for something to drink. And Batman's like, over there, the drinking water dispenser is clearly marked. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, everything this... is clearly marked. Yeah, light and heavy water. <laughs> yeah, well, well little, little did he know that using heavy water that we use to help cool our atomic reactor would cause an unstable chemical reaction in the fully restored. I'm like, holy crap, Batman. Uh, which, Cole, I, out yeah. of all the Batman, all the Batman we have had over the years since this Batman, on screen, outside of, I would say, the animated Batman, this is the most detective Batman I think we've had put the screen. Yeah, yeah, actually it is. I, I was hoping you were going to mention that or, or, you know, somebody was because that's very much true. Uh, and, and it's um, is, is he ever once mentioned as a detective in anything from Burton to the end of Nolan? I mean, I, I don't think so. Nolan does a little bit in the Dark Knight where he's like examining the bullet he pulls out of the wall. I mean, he was kind of trying for it a little bit there, but, uh, you know, the, the world's best detective. And, and um, at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, he doesn't even know who Talia Shire is. I mean, Batman would have known, you know. Yeah. So I, I, nothing against. I love The Dark Knight Rises. I love I'm one of the few people who holds that movie near here. But anyways, you're right. This this movie, this is a detective Batman, even as ridiculous as uh, <laughs> some of the stuff. Fully, fully deputized um agent of the law yes he, he, they are fully deputized agents of the law him and Robin. i love i love when he's like uh speaking with the press i'm just like <laughs> oh man oh god that was an awesome scene 
It was, it was so good, especially, especially in light of current times, not to get off on a tangent. I, He's explaining the exploding shark and the disappearing. And then everybody goes away and goes, good thing they didn't know that it was a fake you know, ship. Otherwise, we'd cause mass panic. And I just loved how they had it where, you know, he was a detective, but it didn't take much for him to deduce everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he it's like they'd find a feather and and like a light pole, and he'd go, Yes, this means that they're at the dock where there's a lot of birds. <laughs> I, I I loved how he was detective in this and how he had an answer like with just a couple sentences or just little pieces of evidence. Jason, would you say this is our probably our most one of our most detective Batman to put to screen? Well, yeah, I mean, not not necessarily, you know, fully real world logic type of detective. Well, but, no, I mean, but, these, these make these magical leaps in you know, <laughs> in logic. But hey, I, he's correct. So that's right. but no, I, I think that's a really that was a really good point. I think that Cole first made was that, or, or and you maybe mentioned it, Mark, was just the whole the whole detective thing, and that he he is. I mean, his first appearance was in Detective Comics. He's the world's greatest detective, and none of the movies really give that any justice. And a lot of the comics don't do it, don't play it up much yeah. as well. Some do, some don't over time. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you'd have to say that that this is yeah, this is the most detective Batman. Which which leads me to the the last villain, and the reason I wanted to go first talking about him being a detective is because it plays an important role with the last villain we didn't cover. And probably uh, even I, I love Cesar Romero, but there is just such a wonderful spirit with Frank Gorshin's the Riddler, Don, mm-hmm. his Riddler. What, what, how do you feel about that? I, I love the way Frank Gorshin portrayed the Riddler. He, he is, He's quick. He is. He comes across as extremely manic and compulsive, and it, it doesn't matter if he knows he's not supposed to do it. He has to get those riddles out. He he has a fantastic quote that I didn't write down, um, but he it was. I hope somebody else did. Um, it was when they're in the submarine and they're. Um, he is going off to send up another riddle and he's like, it, it is my, it is my paradise. Uh, I to yeah. be the bane of Batman. It is everything mm-hmm. I live for. Yes. Um, heaven uh, and all that. And I wish I would have written the whole quote down. Um, and I didn't, but that, that piece of mania and that quote really exemplifies what the Riddler is and why he does it. And it's, it's beyond it. It's, it's an insanity. It is his insanity and he yeah. is a slave to it. And, and Frank Gorshin just plays that absolutely perfectly. He, he does. I mean, he, 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 he's got that great laugh with it too, but I just, I love his portrayal of the Riddler. Uh, it's, it's probably one of my favorite portrayals. Uh, Jason, how about you and, and the Riddler? What would you think of Frank Gorshin? 
Yeah, I um I was gonna try to find that quote real quick. I didn't write it down, but as soon as you you said, "Oh, I'm thinking of a quote," I knew exactly what you were gonna say because <laughs> it it is it really is um a great quote. And and he his Riddler is very different from the Joker. Maybe superficially, sometimes they you know they laugh and kind of manically and things like that. But but other than that, they're they're very different characters and very different motivations and and uh yeah i do i wouldn't say he's my favorite of, of the characters but i absolutely do um enjoy gorshin's uh, portrayal of, of the riddler absolutely yeah and cole would you agree did you did you enjoy his riddler oh absolutely hard for me to add to what to what don and, and jason said um but i agree the performances uh, amazing. Self-correction for our listeners. I, I mentioned The Dark Knight Rises and Talia Shire earlier. I meant Talia Al Ghul. Yes. Talia Shire is the actress from Rocky. I think we were talking about Burgess Meredith and uh, <laughs> I got a little confused. But um, no, yeah, I love I love his performance as the, the Riddler. I think uh, I think there I could tell at certain points uh, him and Caesar were trying to upstage each other a tad. I don't think that their characters ever got you know too mm-hmm. similar, but I do get a feeling those guys are really just going at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Burgess had his own thing going on. I think Burgess was entirely in his own little uh, world, which is which is fitting because he seemed to be more or less the leader of this little, you know, uh, tribe of maniacs. It was his boat and he seemed to be calling the shots, you know, and, um, uh, but yeah, I, I love all, I love all everybody. All the villains in this film are great. I, I actually could think it could have used a fifth villain. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> throw Vincent Price in there or something, you know? Um, oh, that would be yeah, great. great. Have Egghead in there, your professor Egghead. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, man. I'm glad you so, mentioned Bert. And Gorshin, because uh, I mean, not Bridget, uh, Caesar and uh, Gorshin really have a great moment. Uh, you guys talk about how uh, he played it to where he had to get these riddles out, which uh, we'll get to it in a minute. Um, but he had to get them. Well, there's a point where they're sending a message to the United World Council, uh, to the, the world nations, asking for one billion, which Back in 66, that was a hell of a lot of money. One billion dollars from each country that of the representatives who they dehydrated and kidnapped. And there's a moment where, like, every single one of the villains tells them, don't make it a riddle. Make it a clear message. Yeah. There's a scene where he, where Gorshin and Caesar Romero, they're face to face. And he says, you know, make it a clear message. And there's a beat. There's like three beats there where it's just them staring at each other. And then they both bust out at the same time in their maniacal laugh. And I loved that scene so much because I'm just like, <laughs> this is what happens when you get really talented folks into these characters and just giving it their all, which is what they're doing. They're having fun. I, I, yeah, always, absolutely. Got the, I always got the impression that everybody in this film even the smaller characters from our commissioner gordon to to chief o'hara uh you know everybody uh you know alan napier's uh alfred oh such a great character and even though they don't get a lot of screen time they seem to be having fun too and i think what people miss about this this the you know the movie and the show is this they were very aware 
of what they were making. And I think people miss that point sometimes. Wouldn't you say, Don, is the fact that this show was very aware that they were campy and they oh, yeah. were over the top. And I think people, when they watch it, sometimes forget that. I, I think so, too. And I think part of it is in, in throughout the series, you have the on-screen, very visible comic book, traditional Batman, kapow, and the little stars and the bam and the oof. And you don't get that until like the last 15 minutes of the movie. You don't really have a lot of fisticuffs throughout mm-hmm. the movie until the very last 15 minutes. And that was, I mean, that was a thing that happened really in the TV show. It, the the Kapowas right. were left to the end. But I think in this movie, the absence of those moments on screen kind of special effects, cartoonish special effects, um, that may be... Because they had had used film instead of... It could be, but I think it was also... It also kind of took away Mm -hmm. from the movie. I think it would have Ah. added more to have some of that and and brought everybody back to the, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be more fun and just childish and... I don't know. Yeah, no, Maybe surprised. I'm just crazy. No, it surprised me, too, that they didn't really have the pow and zoom at the end. But I think they, they were trying to leave that as a choice to say, oh, hey, uh, you know, this is the really climactic battle. And that's that's why it was getting the pow and the, the oof and the, in that wonderful battle on top sploosh. of the sploosh on the pre-atomic submarine, which they made <laughs> sure to emphasize about five or six times. It's pre-atomic. It's pre like, wow. <laughs> which they get a political statement in there about the Pentagon, which I totally, oh, yeah. I totally forgot about. <laughs> Cole, how about you? The, the, the little scene with the Pentagon and the guy playing the tiddlywigs. I mean. <laughs> uh, I, I love that stuff. I mean, you guys know me. I, I love that shit. That's great. Uh, the more of that, the better. They open up and in the Pentagon, they're playing. Playing like a board, yeah, a board game, and just completely oblivious. And um, geez, Batman, do you think I did anything wrong? It's well, you think? Yeah. Um, and the way Adam West tells of that too. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact piece of dialogue, but it's essentially oh, I, yeah. I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Dispo- <laughs> hang on, hang on. Disposing of pre-atomic submarines. To persons who don't even leave their full addresses. Good day, <laughs> Admiral. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's just fantastic. There, there is definitely a feeling of. Um, there is definitely undertones of. Um, not a lot of respect towards big government in in this in general. No, oh, no. I mean, they really some slams. Local yeah. government and the police. Oh yeah, support those. Those are the guys you support. But big government. Oh, there's nothing good being said there. Yeah, that's very true, Don. It, it surprised me to have a political statement like that in the middle of this, you know, campy '60s movie based off of a campy TV show and all of a sudden they have this scene with the Pentagon and Jason did it surprise you a little bit you have a little bit of a political statement within this campy TV uh, movie yeah maybe a little bit of surprise just just given that I 
maybe kind of made the assumption, maybe false assumption that, yeah, wouldn't have something like that in there. But I mean, obviously, comedy addresses is a great way to address sure. it and make statements on on a lot of different things. So it, it, I guess it, you know, it, it wasn't all that surprising. Yeah. And though they, they did say support your local, you know, they, they he made it quite clear that you should support oh, yeah. your, your local police officers and that Commissioner Gordon and, and Chief O'Hara weren't exactly the most inept, uh, <laughs> I should say, adept uh, police officers either, though. <laughs> they really kind of just left it up to Batman. Uh yeah, well, so did everybody else. So did everybody else, <laughs> apparently. Um, yeah. What? Oh, you were going to say? <laughs> oh, oh, no, I was just going to go on with the political theme. Yeah. Um, and we're hitting at the end of the movie, um, and as Scott would say, this is the spoiler room. Um, <laughs> so at the, at the, towards the end, when our, our favorite villains are... Uh, finally to the point where they're going to execute their master plan and the United World Council, they break into the United World Council building and they're about to uh, dehydrate everybody with their whiskey dehydrator. Um, <laughs> I I thought, it, you know, quite the slam on politicians that all the politicians are sitting around their table arguing with each other, completely oblivious that the world's largest villains have just walked into the building with this very sinister looking device. And even as they're dehydrating each one, kapow, 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 they continue arguing. Yes. Yes. Well, and Batman, even at the end of the film, puts in that bit of wit and sarcasm that his character has throughout the TV series and definitely throughout this movie going, was it something about this is the world's best hope, but you know, the way he delivers this or whatever is just like, yeah, well, I think, I think he was kind of saying that because after they were all, um, after, after, uh, the, what, what was his name? The, the guy they that was kidnapped. Oh, the um, uh, Commodore. Yes, the Commodore. Uh, after the Commodore tripped and then sneezed on all the dust and mixed all of the the dehydrated world <laughs> yes. leader bits together, and after Batman and Robin had sorted them out and rehydrated them, they didn't go back together quite right. Well, you had Robin, who uh, we'll talk about just a little bit here in a minute. Uh, you had Robin sitting here going, Batman, don't you think that it might help things if we kind of mixed a little bit of each of their DNA with everybody else? And Batman's like, no, no, we can't play God, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, we're making another statement in here about science. <laughs> uh-huh. There's a lot of statements. There's even one about alcoholism, and I mean, oh, there's yeah. a lot of yeah. little subtle yeah. statements thrown in here. No, actually, not, so, not so subtle. I said no. subtle. Yeah. All the lots of judgment in this. Yeah, bad, yeah oh, really was, Robin was, he served as, and, and I love Burt Ward and how he played Robin. He was such a perfect counterpoint to Batman because he was he was the knee-jerk guy. In this, if you think about it, he was the emotional knee-jerk person or representation of that. You know, he mentions uh, drinking and he immediately makes a judgment about alcoholics and Batman has to set him straight. 
Ah, yes. Don, wouldn't you say that uh, that Robin, in a lot of ways, was the knee-jerk reaction, and and Batman was the voice of reason? More absolutely, that? absolutely. The scene you mentioned, where um, he, the God, the bomb scene, the bomb scene, it's yes. such a miserable scene. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I counted. It's like two and a half, three minutes that he's running around with that bomb trying to save everything from the from the, the uh, people in the bar to a bunch of baby ducks. Three ducks. ducks. <laughs> yeah, well, it, goes, it, goes, it goes from funny to like going on way too long, then back to funny again. Because it's just going on forever. Well, oh he, God, he drops that line. He drops that line, too, of, you know, sometimes he, he, <laughs> yeah. he Sometimes there's just no good place to throw a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that you know, because Robin made the comment about yeah, you saved you saved all those drunks in there, and and Batman's like, you know, just because they're drinkers doesn't mean they're not human too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's wild how you got Batman. I mean, who got Robin? Who is kind of the voice of the general public <laughs> you think at times, or is the judgmental folks, you know, uh, I'm looking at this going, yeah, this is kind of like, you know, Robin is like Twitter. <laughs> yep. Robin is like Twitter, you know, in but in ways. some case, in some instances, Batman also comes off as a little condescending. Oh, very condescending. Oh, Batman. He, Cause he knows it all. You know, he's he, <laughs> it's he, the he, only explanation. It's yeah. the only explanation, which I want to get to everyone uh, here. Uh, first, though, before we before we get to everyone's choice of, of their favorite lines or whatnot, I just have to say uh, where you get this uh, bit of condescending going on, even between Batman and Robin and the rest of the characters in here, are when you're dealing with the Riddler's riddles James, <laughs> since this was the first time you were introduced to this world and this riddler yeah you knew the answers to all these questions right oh my god it was it was crazy i was like really it, it, it the one when they're doing it with the uh the commissioner and the uh, the police the irish police guy and, and they're like and they're going through the first one and, and they say the answer and they're Oh yeah, obviously. And then what's about the sparrow in the tree with the machine gun? Oh. Or something was the answer. And then and then the commissioner's like, Oh yeah, obviously, right? Yeah, that's it. It's like <laughs> that's what what? And then and then you've got these two answers, and then Batman puts them together and and, and comes up with this, uh, this What kind of a creature would gobble up a burdened tree? <laughs> a, cat. a cat. The plainest just... warning. <laughs> But yeah, but it was just, crazy. Yeah, the the it, it was funny. It it every time they they figured out those riddles they're talking about, it was it was really that was funny. That's my favorite riddle. What weighs six ounces, sits in a tree, and is very dangerous? Dangerous. And Robin says this <laughs> like so matter of factly, like yeah, yeah. you know, of course this is the answer. A sparrow with a machine gun, and I just look at it going. What? How do you draw that logic? Or or my other favorite, Cole, what has yellow skin and rights? <laughs> and and Robin immediately says, Do you remember the answer? 
I, I not off. No, not off the top. A, ball, a ballpoint banana. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> of, of course, Coles. That was so obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't get that. And then, Don, oh Don, what, Don, what people are always in a hurry? Russian people. Russian. That one actually makes sense, though. Right. But not what they come to the conclusion after that, which is Ru- Russian. God, no. All point pen. Miss Kitka. Miss Kitka is in danger. <laughs> Just like... yeah, uh, yeah, it actually went a little more convoluted than that. Oh, yeah. When someone Russian is going to slip on a banana peel and break their neck, it's the oh, only yeah. possible meaning. <laughs> well, who's right? Re- Miss Kitka. Yes, that's right, Robin. Miss Kitka's. She's in danger. <laughs> Just like, yep. How do you go? How do you go from a ballpoint banana to to Miss Kitka's in trouble? That's why he's such the great detective. I guess. Uh huh. It must be none of that stuff connects. Um, none of it. And there's yeah, there's there's a lot of scene, a few at least scenes like that in the movie where there there's some weird uh, telepathic connection going on between people. But yeah, well, especially between Batman and Robin. Robin, you know, he starts to actually he grows through this film because he starts catching on quicker with the answers to the Riddler's riddles. You know. Uh, <laughs> You know, like what goes up white and comes down yellow and white? An egg. And how do you divide 17 apples among 16 people? Don? Applesauce. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just like, what? What? My fiance got up and opened a beer at that point. (laughs) (laughs) That is is the appropriate response. (laughs) That is completely an appropriate response. Uh, so uh, we've touched on the riddles and, and these characters and that, and the, the, the script for this is crazy. And so I asked uh, my my crew members here tonight to kind of bring their either favorite quote or moment in the film. And we may have already touched on it, but uh, let's go down anyway and, and, and get that if you have any. Cole, did you have a, a particular quote or, or moment in this film that you just you just loved? I mean, yeah, yeah, I did. We've already been through most of them. The bomb scene and the, the whole, God, it's not a good day to throw this bomb away or yeah. whatever the exact line was. Uh, that scene is bonkers, dude. Um, if That scene is bonkers. I know we touched on it, but it's bonkers. Um, I also like, uh, there's just certain things that strike me funny. Like um, Robin says something to the effect of, are you, are you sure you didn't hit your head too hard in that fight? Oh, no, I'm sure, Robin. Here, take this pill. There's no context. And and Robin just Uh, takes it, too. Robin just takes it. Yeah, just swallows it, right? (laughs) Hey, man. Um, And and in terms of, you know, memorable quotes, anything delivered by Adam West in the uh, romantic scene with Catwoman is utter gold. Uh, <laughs> where he quotes Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, where he quotes Poe. Oh, God. Be- because when you think romance, you think Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Yes. Especially, oh, my gosh. Um, and just the framing and how they, like, press their heads together, and then she's peeking at him out of one eye. 
Uh, and then she put, has the little cat beacon she puts down and her its eyes light up. All that stuff is wonderful. If this movie isn't your cup of tea, that's fine. But you've got to watch the middle section of this movie. Seriously. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, go to the part where they go out on the date and just watch it. It's it's fantastic. Also, you know, honestly, in terms of like a favorite quote, I think the opening uh, title cards, which are more than a little ironic, but also uh, kind of cool, I think. Uh, just, you know, what it is to be a hero and a lover of all things. And then oh, yeah. the side note, oh, sorry if we left out any lovers. Yes. Um, I thought... I thought that was just kind of cute and interesting, you know, an interesting way to that more than anything sets the tone. I mean, uh, maybe even more than the fight with the ridiculous shark. Uh, <laughs> that scene. No, but I, I love the, yeah, that little mm-hmm. opening. with the, the t- I always like stuff like that. Uh, sure. You know, the Frankenstein has something like that. You know, a guy walks out, tells you, don't be too scared and uh hole in the wall head sheer come out. <laughs> you know, I love <laughs> I love openings like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I could go on forever sure. about. Uh, oh yeah, one more. Uh, the 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 penguin. Shut up, you feline floozy. Oh. I thought that was. <laughs> it's hard to be if you're not Burgess Meredith in the moment with like the long uh, cigarette thing. It's hard to. Yeah, uh, he he yeah, had sure. a way to deliver those lines that only he could. I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jason, how about you? With uh, did you have a favorite moment or line or two? Well, I've got four pages of notes, and they're just packed with things that you know. <laughs> I was just well, <laughs> were cool noted, and but I want a couple things. Um, first, I want to get the quote that uh, Dawn uh, mentioned oh, before. Thank you. So the Joker says, "Suppose Penguin did fail. All the more reason not to send up your stupid clues." And the Riddler says, "Oh, but I must." I must. Outwitting Batman is my sole delight, my heaven on earth, my very paradise. And he delivers it much better than I did. But that was a, it's an awesome quote. It, it is. Thank you. Thank you for looking that up. And, mm-hmm. and I, I do, uh, Cole, uh, you bringing up the, uh, the yeah. opening. I thought, I, I'm glad you did because that opening struck me first. I, I really like how they did it with the, the spotlights and the, the, the bright colors you know, yeah. the single colors and then and then those those cards, the quotes were awesome. And I just I, I wrote one of them down and and basically it said to lovers of adventure, lovers of pure escapism, lo- lovers of unadulterated entertainment, lovers of the ridiculous and the bizarre to fun lovers everywhere. This picture is respectfully dedicated. I mean, that totally sums up the movie and sums <laughs> up you know, yeah, how you should go into it. And it just I just thought it was absolutely perfect way uh, but I just I had written it down, so I wanted to. Uh, and no, thing, you know, I, I could go I could go on and on, but there's one other one. It's it's a pretty quick one, but it was it managed to be poetic and ridiculous at the same time. And it's when <laughs> um, Bruce Wayne and Kitka are kidnapped or whatever, and and uh, uh, Bruce Wayne says, "This nasty soup we're in is large largely of my own brewing." I just thought that was such an odd line, you know, kind it of is. poetic, but, but but just ridiculous. It's like what? What did you just say? <laughs> uh, and 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 yeah, and I got pages, but it's yeah, it's it's full. It's that's the thing about this movie. It's just full of moments and and lines and things like that. That it, while it's I, I think very padded, it, it's still enjoyable all the way through. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, Don, how about you? I know you're a fan and you took notes as well. And you all took extensive notes. So I'm sure we've got <laughs> more here to even talk about. But uh, did you have a favorite quote or, or uh, some favorite moment well, or the, two in there? The, the two that I pulled out um, for this, uh, simply because they were they were preposterous. And that's that's one of the things that I, I enjoy about this movie is, is the language. The language is so preposterous and unlikely. Um, and, and there's a flippant excuse reason or logical leap for everything. Um, and the first one is, the, the first one is, again, when Kitka and Bruce are, uh, they're captured and they're uh, kind of together in that room. And he says, "I have a transmitter on my up on my upper left arm. If you could just turn it on." And she's like, "Well, that's really unusual." And he's like, "Capitalists like myself, who carry large sums of money, often have such safety contrivances." <laughs> you know, if you're insane. Yeah, I wrote yeah, that one down too. Yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was the first one, and it's it's just like okay, so you have an excuse for everything. Sure you do. And then the other one, just because it was again completely preposterous and completely um, mocking the entire preposterousness of everything, um, when they were uh, after they'd crash landed the the bat copter at the um, foam rubber wholesale convention, yes. uh, Robin says, dumb, dumb luck landing right on top of a bed of foam rubber. And Batman says, yes, Robin, I'd say the odds against it would make even the most reckless gambler cringe. True, I did think I spotted it out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> Such a pompous ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> Self-mocking. Yes. Oh, definitely. It, it, uh, I've, I've got so many as well. And wow, I, you guys astound me with the amount of notes you take. But this is actually a dense film. There's a lot that happens in this movie, in all honesty. A uh, couple of my favorites. One that, uh, one that surprised me. I, I shouldn't say favorite, but it surprised me. Uh, near the end with the fight on the submarine, Catwoman throws her cat at Batman. <laughs> and Batman <laughs> proceeds to fight while holding the cat. Oh, my God, dude. And then, and folks, this is, it, it's the way he delivers it and everything. It's like it's meant Say for it. the adults. Say it. He puts the cat <laughs> on this little raft and goes, bon voyage, pussy. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, you know that cat, but the way they, the context and, and the way Batman has been throughout the whole movie, I'm like, holy shit, they got away with that! <laughs> oh my god! I knew, the, I knew the host would bring that. Up. I had it written down, but I thought, no. <laughs> uh, yeah i i i couldn't yeah i i just I, it just struck me i'm like wait what <laughs> did he just actually did he just actually say that and uh you know there, there are so many great quotable moments in here but let's not forget that robin 
gets his signature holies in here. And we have (laughs) Holy Merlin the Magician, Holy Long John Silver, Holy Glue Pot, which I'm still like. Oh, my favorite, though. My favorite is still they're in the bat boat and they're going out to search for Pigwood's submarine the first time and they launch a missile and he goes, Holy Polaris. Yeah. (laughs) And it says Polaris missile on the side. And I'm just like, Oh my God. (laughs) Polaris. But you've got Holy Demolition, Holy Halloween, Holy Heart Attack, Holy Captain Nemo, Holy Bikini, and Holy Heartbreak, Batman. Uh, (laughs) I think you you forgot Holy Nightmare. Holy Nightmare, yes. You're right. I did forget (laughs) Holy Nightmare. But I mean, wow, it's just like... (laughs) Burt Ward, like half his dialogue is nothing but Holy insert some kind of description for the situation. Um, You know, that's that really is just it makes us so much fun to have him opposite uh, Adam West's Batman, who, uh, yeah, who I would say if Adam West's Batman got in a conversation with Captain Kirk. Oh, you stole my thunder. Oh, oh, my I... <laughs> Everybody saw it. I love you all because you all saw that. <laughs> well, I had the same thought, and I had this thought going home, driving home today. I was thinking about the movie, and I'm going, you know, if Adam West, Batman, and Captain Kirk had a conversation, that'd be the longest conversation <laughs> in history. <laughs> Which also came out in 1966, coincidentally. Uh, <laughs> Don, does, does he have a bit of? Did Kirk rip off Adam West? You you know I don't know. I I don't I honestly don't know. It's, but it's, what did when did the because Batman the movie came out uh, like after the first season of Batman the series, so I don't think Will Shatner had a whole lot of time to. Um, to be that influenced by a television show like this. Honestly, I just think uh, I'm of the theory that it was just a, a, a stylistic delivery of the time. Sure. Kind of like sure. that whole, that whole Boston kind of teeth together delivery that a lot of the Cary Grant and 1950s movies had. Totally. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Totally. I think it was a stylistic delivery at the time, and the two that really stuck were Adam West's Batman and Kirk. <laughs> Jason, because, you, said, you know, yeah, yeah. Jason, you said you came to the same conclusion. <laughs> well, well, I was so my uh, I was going to ask a question of the group: Who's got better line delivery, Adam West or William Shatner? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good question, Cole. Let's go with that question, Cole. Oh come on! Yeah, oh well, yeah. Who's got better line delivery, Adam West or Kirk? Captain Kirk, oh, William Shatner. Fuck! Do you know how many Trekkies <laughs> I have in my life? My fiance is a Trekkie, man. Half my actors are Trekkies. Adam West, without a doubt. <laughs> Adam West. I, Don, I gotta be you? honest. Yeah, Don. How about you? <sighs> Damn, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love Imagine, it. I, 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 I don't. You can't make the They're call. They're both 
equally awesome. Yes. They are. They are awesome. I it would be a hard call too. I guess it depends on what you're looking for because uh, Kirk's they're both very fitting for the characters they're portraying on screen. Uh, Batman has his Adam West has his line delivery though with a little bit more double meaning most of the time or a little bit more condescending than than Kirk who Kirk was more confident. aggressive he was aggressive and and confident and and Batman was snarky <laughs> and, and had better lip gloss and he, he, he did have better <laughs> lip gloss this is true what about you Jason for your answer to your own question uh which one do you think <laughs> well no I actually did want to put it group because I I am this is probably the first entire thing that I've seen, you know, sure. Adam West do. So because I wasn't a you know fan or a you know, maybe I saw some episodes when I was a kid, but you know, I've seen a lot more Kirk William Shatner than than I have Adam West, so I don't know if I'm the best judge. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but I was gonna say that the correct answer is both. The correct answer is both. <laughs> yes, you're right. It, it, in their own ways, it's both. So, uh, Don, did you have maybe a question or something we haven't touched on that you maybe want to ask the group? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that we've hit on pretty much all of the real highlights of mm-hmm. of of the things that I had written down. I mean, as we said, and as Jason, who I am so, wow, four pages of notes, I feel bad. We haven't talked longer about it, but uh, <laughs> you're having up here soon. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this film. Cole, how about you? Any question or topic we maybe haven't touched that you wanted to ask? No, you know, honestly, we really went through all the quotes and all my questions. I mean, my, I, I, can't, I, had, I brought one question, which we kind of touched on, but... I was, you know, legitimately curious just in terms of the satirical nature of the movie, or at least the perceived satirical nature. I was just kind of curious. I mean, do you guys think all of these political jabs and all of these uh, overemphasized gags were meant to be comedic? I mean, do do you think that maybe some of them are just ridiculous in terms of the passage of time? Oh, you mean if maybe they were meant to be a little more serious when the time? Yeah, came yeah. Out versus... no, I, I just had that. I had that genuine question. You know, maybe it's just the the element to where they do a level of the show for kids, and then you know the jokes and all the political stuff are meant to make their parents laugh while they sit there and watch it. But I had that thought. You know, sitting next to a nine year old, you know, <laughs> and he's somewhat politically aware, just because it's hard not to be nowadays. And you know. He was he was ingesting some of the stuff, some of the some of the political stuff, not all of it, sure. but some of it. So I was just curious if you guys thought, you know, all of it was meant to just, you know, kind of be humorous and kind of like, haha, or if, you know, for instance, that last scene with the world leaders unable to even realize that they've been kidnapped um, <laughs> was meant to make you think, you know, uh, I, or both, that, both, that, I guess. That's a good question. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Do you think it was meant to hit more serious, or do you think maybe they were covering up a serious topic with humor? I, I think it was uh, – I think that was all meant to, to, to be there, and, and uh, that those I, – I don't know if – I think the way 
we're seeing it now. I think people back then kind of saw it the same way, and, and we're getting the same things out of it. I don't sure. know. Don, how about you? It, like like Jason, um, it's it's really hard to say 51 years later right? Um, what exactly – uh, what exactly uh, was intended because I, I, I'm, it was a more for television. Television was more innocent at the time um, mm-hmm. than, than it is now. We are darker and more gritty now um, with everything. Um, it is the age of communi- oversaturation of communication and information. Um, so it's, it's really hard to tell, but um, given the the history of comic books on comic books cartoons and such on television um there is a lot of history of a message being sent whether it's comedically or not it's entirely possible that it was intended to send a message that uh the the political the political leaders of the world are so are too busy arguing and trying to uh, work out the big problems that they're not paying attention to the rest of the world around them. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, maybe our world leaders aren't as, as smart as what we're relying on them to be. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a message, but it's, it's really hard to say. Yeah. And, and I think there there is maybe meant to be a message, but at the same time, I think they were still using the humor maybe to get their own uh, a message across a bit or or either to that or to lighten up maybe the subject matter just a little bit because we're talking in sixty six so the uh, you know the the real the real world outside of the Batman world was was getting in turmoil. <laughs> so uh-huh. y- you know, maybe it was meant just to. As the title cards open up, it's meant to be escapism and meant to be, you know, just lovers of over the top, crazy, weird things to help you escape the craziness that's going on in the real world. Word. Word. Yeah. And I'm going to say this for a film that's 51 years old. I still think personally this holds up really well for its age. I, I totally it, it didn't really dawn on me till I started thinking about going, holy crap, this film's like 51 years old, but they put it in such a surreal world that I, I think it still holds up. Uh, Cole, did you think it still held up? I mean, 51 years I, later? I really did, man. I really did. I've only seen it three times. <laughs> um, and I, I just, for me, it was a pleasure to watch. It was so, I was so fortunate that Netflix had it. You know, I was able to sit there and watch it. My family hated it, um, and that was fine with me. That was really fine with me because I, you know, I mean, Batman and Robin is their favorite. So we'll talk about that some other time. But sure. for me, it was like I, I, I really got into this. I thought it was – it's difficult for me because I can't really say it's this big, serious movie that has this huge emotional impact because that kind of pigeonholes me. But – Aside from the intentional comedy, which I think is there, I, I do think there are – everything gets cheesy eventually, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I made my movie – my first movie came out in 2005. I can't even look at it anymore. But I I wanted to, to do something special. I wanted to make people think. And I, I do think there are, are, are themes in this – bat not only this Batman movie, but any great Batman movie. Yeah. And there are a few. 
that really kind of get, get to you know get to you, make you think about the nature of uh, of of the world, the the nature of vigilantism, which is, this film does deal with in its own corny way, um, and just the, the nature of uh, villains and and uh, I just all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the last scene packed a wallop for me. I mean, I thought that was darkly humorous and and very effective uh, for a for a little cornball movie where a guy has to fight a shark off his pantyhose. <laughs> I thought that that stuff was ballsy and gutsy and cool. And Cesar Romero, of course, and uh, uh, let me look at my notes. The other actors, the Riddler, Frank Gershon, yeah, uh, just an amazing cast. Uh, yeah, I, lo I love the film. I think it holds up. I would recommend it to anybody that's not my fiance and, and our nine-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it holds up, and it impresses me, the, the production of this film for a 66. Well, this is a movie, but even the TV show was in a similar high production. And to have a film like this or a TV show like this is just crazy for that time because of the huge sets and everything that they had built with this. Uh, Don, would you say that this film still holds up 51 years later? I really do. Um, and I recently had a conversation with uh, my younger son, who's actually a big Batman movie, uh, Batman fan. Um, and we were discussing not to trigger warning mark trigger warning I'm, I'm uh, we good. were discussing I'm, I'm good. Batman I'm good. Superman sure yeah. and he had he had said that he really didn't like that movie and I asked him what was it I asked him what was it about and he said he really just didn't like the the style that it was shot so I asked him if he liked Sucker Punch which his brother had purchased for him for his birthday one year he said no he really didn't like that either and I said okay well that's important to know you don't like that style so I think stylistically, if you're a fan of, of that very satirical, very uh, light, um, but edgy humor, I definitely think that this holds up. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, if that is your style. Right. I mean, but if you, like, if you like your Batman dark and gritty and growly, <laughs> you probably aren't going to be a fan of this. Right. It, how about you, Jason? Do you think it it's held up fifty? I mean, it's hard to think that this film was fifty one years old. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think Don made some and Cole made some really good good comments, and I, I think that it is um, if you look at it maybe more as a comedy and and not or satire or whatever, and and less like a Batman movie. Um, I, I think that helps, kind of if you're going into it with the with the certain frame of mind um i don't yeah it's not going to be for everybody it probably wouldn't be for my wife or or my kids they probably wouldn't enjoy it either but i think that for the right person or the right people the right you know i i think it's it's extremely entertaining i enjoyed it more than i thought i was going to yeah and and for me i i i think it holds up if if you don't mind the the camp and the cheese and and you don't take it as I'll say that yeah you take it as a comedy as a satirical comedy of Batman I think you'll enjoy it a lot more than if you're looking for a serious Batman I mean this film is not meant to be that Batman at all uh, you know when you get jokes like Adam West you know you know where they're trying to the, the the villains are trying to kill Batman throughout this film and there's continuously near misses and there's always an excuse even to the point of 
yes, we were lucky that those porpoises felt the need to sacrifice themselves <laughs> to save us from the torpedoes. <laughs> Just like, what? You don't think they might have been trying to be dead serious, though? Oh, I, I think they were making a statement about uh, porpoises used in the military, in all honesty. But at the yeah, same, absolutely. They, they were, okay. Because that was a topic back then. But at the yeah. same time, it's just hilarious to see, you know, every time they're starting to die, they're going to die soon. You know, oh, Batman. Yeah, lucky. Luckily, I was shielded by the explosion by these, you know, firm steel girders that just happened to be on the dock that I could hide behind or. You know, the porpoise one got me, though. I'm just like, wait, what? That was one of the quotes I had written down, yeah. That was ridiculous. What's the exact quote, quote, Dodge? The nobility of that almost human porpoise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Is that really what he said? Yes. That is really really what he said. Oh, my God. Almost human porpoise. And I just, I just, I rolled laughs. I'm just like... Oh my god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That that's Burt Ward, right? Those lines were muffled. No, really that was Batman. That's, that was Batman? That was Adam West. Yeah. Wow. That Batman. was Adam West. Wow. That, that was that's Adam, Adam West. Yeah, it was <laughs> so you get stuff like this, folks. we we'll wrap it up here, but uh yeah, if you're looking for kind of a wild, just tongue-in-cheek comedy with with some social commentary mixed in and just just some great, great performances by by everyone involved, especially those playing the villains. But everybody in here, you can tell there's just such a great spirit and energy about this film and, and a sincerity that, that they're being sincere about being comical and being campy in this. And, and it comes across on screen. And I really think this film... Uh, it is just a lot of fun, and it should be watched. If nothing else, to watch the dramatic handoff right in the beginning of this film of bat, <laughs> of Robin, who could easily walk all the way down the bat ladder to hand Batman the bat repellent, uh, shark repellent. But no, no, he's an acrobat to yes. remind you mm-hmm. his legs underneath one of the bars yeah. on the ladder and then leans backwards and hands Batman the spray that way just to remind you that he was. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's fan service, but that uh, yeah. it's not done so smoothly. Oh, and <laughs> I, I know we're going a little late tonight, but one of the other things I, I wanted to touch, we didn't touch on it, and I hope everyone doesn't mind. I, I know we're going to wrap it up, but there's one thing I wanted to touch real quick was what surprised me really, even though you didn't get a lot of it, the choreography of the action scenes <laughs> in this film it is actually impressive if you watch how everything plays out. Uh, Jason, since this was your first viewing that, what did you think real quick of, of the choreography of these action scenes that you get when, when you did get the fights? I, I did actually, now that you mentioned it, I did think a few times, it's like, wow, there's a lot going on in the frame. There's a lot. And it's all, you know what I mean? And it, and yeah, okay. There's punches that obviously whiff and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, but, but yeah, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of people and they all got to, you know, hit their marks and get to the right spot. And 
So yeah, I, I thought it was was kind of impressive. But in in one of those scenes, the one where um, they're fighting Bruce Wayne, and mm-hmm. one of the henchmen uh, gets into the combination trap where he hits the jack in the box and then goes flying out the window to hit the exploding octopus. I thought that was hilarious, but I want to call that out specifically for Derek Carey because he loves movies with crappy fake dummies in them. Yes. So Derek, <laughs> Derek, if you haven't seen this movie, you have to watch it for the crappy dummy. Yes, the crappy dummy. No. He'll probably listen too. So. <laughs> I'm sure he's seen it. but <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure he is too. Nicole, real quick, with, with the choreography of the fight scenes, does it surprise you? It's like Jason says, there's actually a lot of people doing a lot of things within frame. Oh, my, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with Jason. He hit it right on the head. I mentioned earlier, I thought the one thing the movie needed, and it's ridiculous to criticize this movie at all, but it really, it could have used a little fist fight right up front because mm-hmm. that's what the young men were, you know, the bam, pow, yeah. and the cool, I mean, people love that, and as Don mentioned, they saved it to the end for a reason, which I hadn't thought about. She's 100% correct because she understands this material better than I do. I've seen the movie three times maybe. But, you know, I, the, there, there are fight scenes before the last 15 minutes. It's just, you know, he's not dressed up as Batman. And that's always, you know, it always bugs us. Oh, damn it. It's the same character, but there, yeah, there's no cape, and there's, you know, so it's not the same thing. And um, they didn't put the cool little effects in, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, uh, in particular, that last, uh, that last, what is it? Don said 15 minutes. Yeah. Seemed like something like that, man. That goes on and on and on. There's like five minutes where Batman has the cat in his arm. Yeah. As you mentioned, Mark, but people may think, yeah, right, that's funny. But actually, Mark wasn't joking. It's a live cat. We looked at it because my fiance it's, is an animal lover. It's, it's a live, live cat. And Adam West is like taking down four people, five people every five <laughs> seconds in this poor fucking cat. And then he just tosses it. Yeah, there you go, pussy. <laughs> Have fun. But. But what's really great about that fight scene is Catwoman just goes around, waits till everybody beats the crap out of one another, and then she just pushes them overboard. I love yeah. that. I, she, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have to fight that much at all. She just goes, "Oh, push!" She's like, "You guys are punching each other. I'm just gonna push you overboard." I, I love that. And Don, did, did you? Even though we didn't get a lot of fight scenes, choreography. I mean, you watch the TV show as well. It, it's impressive for something like this. It, it really is. It really took a lot of cooperation uh, among them. And just to add to what Cole said, yeah, we uh, there was a huge – the choreography was hugely different uh, when Adam West was fighting as Bruce Wayne versus as Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand it was intentional to the and integral to the story – but I found it particularly notable that when Bruce Wayne was Bruce Wayne, the kidnapped millionaire, and fighting the the um, the villain, no, the henchman, the villains, he was running into walls and just clumsy and and mm-hmm. awful um, until like the very end, where he was able to finally escape. Um, Whereas in the last 15 minutes when he was Batman and he was just war machine. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was. Of course, Bruce Wayne probably didn't mind it too much because he did get pushed into Kitka's cleavage. But yeah, he did. <laughs> I got that going. Oh, there's another thing that I didn't catch when I first watched this. They, one of the henchmen come in when they tie him back up, they push him down, and his face goes full right into her chest. I'm like, oh man, that had to be awkward. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so check this out, folks. I, I know we talked a little long, but there's so much with this movie, and you can tell we really enjoyed it. I'm glad to hear Jason enjoyed it uh, with his first viewing and, and hearing Cole liked it and uh, hearing Don's love of this film, and, and me, too. I th- This is the Batman I first had when I was a kid before Burton's Batman came along, and and there is a, a special place in my heart. It's just fun. It, it is it is meant to be campy, though. Please do not ex- think that they meant that they were trying to make a serious Batman movie at all. They were trying to make, they were trying to do a a campy, fun film for the family, and I think they succeeded quite a bit. So, with that, we will wrap it up tonight. Uh, this is the part where we ask folks to let you know where you can find them when they're not here. We're going to start with. Cole. Cole, where can they find you when you're not here and what you working on? Thanks for asking, Mark. Uh, you can find me at Shadows and Lovers Productions uh, on Facebook currently. Also, Horror Roar on Facebook, where I experiment with some digital art and just horror brain fodder for those who like your entertainment bloody. Uh, got two movies on the horizon. One we're shooting right now. It's called Rise. Nice satanic thriller for uh, maniacs out there. Also, the last great horror movie, which has been in the can for a few months, working on a digital release despite a massive computer crash. Tonight with Don and Jason and Mark, all talented people, and uh, great to hear Jason's voice. I don't know if we've ever met, but thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Cool. And uh, Don, where can we find you at? You can find me in the audience.net. And gentlemen, don't forget when you exit the spoiler room to flourish your cape and give a little hop. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason, you got anything on the horizon that you want to plug at all? Uh, well, every once in a while I'm here. So that's cool. <laughs> Which we <you> appreciate greatly. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, you know, yeah, maybe I'll have an update sometime soon. Okay, but that's about it for now. <laughs> Good dear. Well, we're we're always happy to have you in the spoiler room. I, I appreciate every single one of you as always. Your time you take out to uh, here sit here and discuss movies with us, and you can find links to all their stuff on specialmarkproductions.com, your one stop shop for all your movie man needs. Where you can find the spoiler room archive, you can find my links to my stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm working on a couple of other things too, uh, rolling around in my head that may be coming out soon. Uh, that you want to stay tuned for and you definitely want to stay tuned for june because we are kicking off bat month yes i've had the decision that we are going to cover batman batman returns batman forever and batman and robin each week you will get a different film where we're going to discuss those so stay tuned folks it's going to be a wild ride especially considering there's a couple films in there that uh, i haven't watched since pretty much the first time they came out so uh, we'll leave it at that thank you so much and until next time folks you can catch us on the same bat time and the same bat channel right here in the spoiler room say good night everyone good night everyone <laughs> hey.
Ha, 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 ha,